The Side Characters Podcast are not experts. These are just our personal experiences and opinions. Now on to the show. Welcome to the Side Characters Podcast. This will be a podcast about diversity in nerd culture. I am Jordan. I'm Leah. And I am Joel. So what we kind of wanted to do for this first pilot episode was just kind of go into who we are a little bit and then talk about like the general definitions, like what what is a nerd, what is nerd culture, and then what is diversity and multiculturalism. So I'll kind of start, kick it off. So I am Jordan. I am of African-American descent, and I have pretty much lived in the Midwest of America all of my life. I am a straight cisgender male in my late 20s. So I call myself a nerd um, because from a young age, I've always loved comic books, anime, um, different types of movies, and that love has never left me even in the late 20s. Um, to this day, I still watch pretty much every superhero movie that comes out except for Thor The Dark World because that movie was awful. I read a lot of manga, web comics, Marvel and independent comics. I'm not really a DC guy. And then um, on the side, I build Gundam models and play quite a bit of video games, including shooters, RPGs, JRPGs, MMOs, and hack and slash or indie games. So I really wanted to do this podcast because at least from a young age, when it came to representation wise of other diverse cultures in nerd cultures or in these like movies, there was not really that much representation. And then like going on, things have gotten a lot better but there's still so much further we can go. And I kind of, I wanted to do this to kind of talk about all the different topics in diversity and nerd culture. And I wanted to make a difference with this podcast because I actually just care so much about like nerdy things and nerd culture. And I want other people to know it's okay to be you within nerd culture. And that's really where the idea for this podcast came from for me. Anyways, anybody else? <laughs> yeah, I'm Leah and I am a white female in my late 20s um, and I'm LGBT plus and I have lived many different places. I grew up in the Midwest and have spent most of my adult life between Canada, the majority of my adult life in Canada and then a few years here and there in the UK. Um, so I've lived quite a few places, mostly in cities, but I've also experienced some small town. Um, yeah, and I consider myself a nerd because I like nerdy things. And uh, generally, I, uh, I read quite a bit of manga of multiple varieties. I read webtoons. Um, and web comics, and I attend comic cons, and I like nerdy movies and sci-fi and fantasy. I'm a huge Terry Pratchett nerd. Um, yeah. a, let's see what else I like. I like PC gaming, and I like Nintendo. Um, I grew up with mainly like. PC games that were educational, but also um, a bit of point-and-click adventure games. And my dad instilled in me from a young age the desire to read mainly sci-fi and fantasy. Um, and 
ever since then, yeah, I've just kept with it and generally find myself doing lots of nerdy things now today, including D&D and other board oh, games yeah. as well. So um, I've generally found nerd culture to be both a welcoming and an off-putting place and one that I consider myself a part of, but also one that has its own problems. So part of the reason I wanted to do this podcast is um, to highlight and make aware to people more of the issues um, relating to women in nerd culture and those of minorities and basically help teach people how to talk to others who may not be as respectful towards those of other minorities and try and get this place to be as accepting as it can be and teach people a little bit more about um, about how we learn and how we how nerd culture helps us. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. Okay. Okay, Joel, take it away. Yeah, I am Joel. I am a white trans female. I'm new to that particular fold, uh, the trans part. I've always been white. I am pretty <laughs> gay or pan. I, I use they, them pronouns, and I'm in my mid to late twenties. That's a lie. I'm in my mid twenties. Um, I'm from. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> <old>. <laughs> I am from Northern Ireland. I grew up here as a cis male, and then started kind of traveling around a lot. I went around the UK, a little bit to Europe in small trips, and then uh, a bit to the States and a bit to Canada, where I actually met Leah. And yeah, I kind of started to diversify a little bit there and realized that like, oh, what I grew up being is not what I kind of connect with at all. Um, yeah, and then I consider myself to be a nerd because, uh, I mean, for as long as I can remember, my favorite memories have been playing video games with myself or other people like uh i grew up with my brother playing it he kind of fell out of the fold of that and i very much heavily stuck with it and kind of went the other direction and uh <laughs> shocking no one uh turns out that trans people really love rpgs i mean getting to role play as you know the thing that you're not allowed to be definitely again speaking for personal experience and backtracking over my generalization um yeah i i have really really loved having like a place to go to a hide from the real world a lot and then b to explore things and kind of be a different person and i've never really find myself playing too differently to who i am but like different enough that it's certainly looking back on things definitely meant a little thing so that's kind of why i like doing this podcast so specifically because it gave me like a nice place and a nice place to explore my identity uh cartoons and stuff carried me through a lot of hard times uh, most of nerd culture has actually given me like a lot of like peace, happiness, and connection with my emotions a lot more. And I would really like to uh, highlight and support those elements for other people. And yes. to be honest, even for myself, I would like to keep reminding myself of how good this stuff has been to me. And, you know, make sure it is welcoming for the next generation of people like me oh, and definitely. others. It's a, it's, a, it's a place of where we're here not just to to bash it we're here also to build it up so yeah and to, ce and to celebrate it really yeah i wanted i wanted to say the word defend those elements but that i think is a word that is specifically very heavy on the gatekeeping and that i chose to say i had written down defend in the it did like the defend elements of welcoming 
and explorative things, but it's not defending. It's I want to support it and highlight it more than anything else. Like I don't want to mm-hmm. keep anyone away from it. I want to draw as many people towards it and say like, hey, this is a great thing. I think nerd culture is important for kind of the things you were saying. Like it is like this feeling of escapism where you can kind of dive into a book or a video game or a comic book, manga, whatever, just to kind of escape and just to live in a different world for a little bit. And I think that's important part of living honestly but <laughs> either way i wanted to get in just for first and like define kind of our definition so when we say nerd like what is a nerd and i have kind of the definitions of what a nerd is like what is in the dictionaries as a nerd so we can talk about that and just like what does nerd culture and what does a nerd mean to us so in Defined from Google, this first definition is a single-minded expert in a particular technical field. Sorry, then from Cambridge, um, a person, especially a man, who is not attractive and is awkward or socially embarrassing. We kind of see that definition like more portrayed towards the in the media. Like when you hear nerd things, like you'll see like Steve Urkel's like socially awkward or embarrassing or Big Bang theories. Like that is the kind of definition of a nerd that is taken in the media a lot. Well, and that just like contrast with like we go into geek as well, where it's like those lines overlap. Geek being more towards intellectual than than nerd in general but it's it's generally one definition the cambridge one is more like revenge and the nerd type nerd and the other one is more uh general so well i would like to point out as well that uh, you're looking at the cambridge dictionary compared to the google dictionary and i think growing up uh nerd and geek in the uk have the reversed meaning of what they did in the us and that's merged a lot with like the internet and you know cross media such as the simpsons and stuff but I grew up knowing geek as the person who is single-minded in a particular field and nerd as, you know, like just socially inept. And yeah, yeah. which, yeah, I actually kind of think I agree with that because the geek is more removing the like, it's it's like uh, that definition of nerd with the particular field, single-minded expert was with geek often portrayed towards uh, academic largely yes growing up yeah it was about computers and other other stuff and yeah there has been kind of a reversal and just like for me i i generally think we have this divide between the two between what everybody thinks and what media likes to portray as and between the first one because in reality the first one is the most inclusive and accurate in my mind to what nerds actually are yeah, and then there's there's paired with the, the famous Simpsons phrase from Milhouse is the I'm not a nerd, nerds are smart. Like, <laughs> which, like I love that. Yeah. It's it's a classic and it, and it is something I kind of very much like anytime I do a dumb thing, I'm like, well, I can't be this cuz I also am very dumb. I I feel like that means I fall in both camps and I'm not <laughs> sure I'm okay with that. So Another thing I think I want to point out with, like, that definition of a nerd is that um, one is more historic and, like, time-based and the other one's not. Being the expert is, like, any point in time in history type thing where someone who's not attractive or awkward generally, like, sets you back to a specific period in time that you think about. You think about, like, Back to the Future in the 50s, like, 
where we had these very, very well-defined cliques in American high schools. And one of those is the nerd. And I think that goes back to like the origin of where nerd came from. What you're saying here is that uh, Steve Urkel was a nerd, but uh, Plato was a geek is where you're going. Potentially, yes. Potentially. That might that might be what we're I was going to say the same definition except for use Leonardo da Vinci, but we mm. got... But he wasn't yeah. really tech, like in a particular field. He was all over the place. Anyways, so would you guys, I guess, agree with that definition or really moving on with like what is a nerd to you, I guess? When, when you say nerd, what do you think of? Um, well, generally, I think it's like a, it's a multi-definition because I'm like, well, what do I think society thinks? But then at the <laughs> same time, what do I personally think? Yeah. I really think a nerd can be anyone. What do I think society thinks? It's a man. Yes, I would it's agree a, with it, that. It's society and a lot of the internet, when I say society, and the world thinks that nerds are predominantly men, which doesn't accurately res- represent actual statistics on this type of thing. They, it's a man, it's a white man who doesn't get along with his fellow peers and has has a lot of hobbies and other stuff like that and generally has a lot of money because at least starting out with nerd culture i guess you can say is it was the people who were nerds were the people who had enough money to have different hobbies because the only people having the hobbies were the people who could support the hobbies because most hobbies are freaking expensive like we're getting to day and age where it's a little bit cheaper to quote-unquote be a nerd but before you would have to like work a um not upper level job work a i don't know what the word i'm looking for is your parents would have to make (laughs) there you go white collar yeah so you because leisure is a uh an idea of the upper class so upper class there you go that's what i was looking for or middle class as well upper middle class so yeah, but yeah. now it's getting a little bit better and it's getting a lot more open for everybody. But I guess, Joel, what when someone says nerd, like, what do you think of? What is a nerd to you? Uh, again, nerd to me in my personal uh, outlook is, like, my, my friends. I, I kind of see a kind of pretty diverse group of people around me and would consider them a nerd. But if I'm talking about, like, strangers and such, when I kind of like branch out a little bit i'm sort of looking at the people who are a little overexcited to be at the cinema like you see a lot of people like queued up for whatever latest avengers are and like a lot of those people are out because it's a tuesday it's cheaper they're ready to go see a movie and waste some time and then you see the people who are like wiggling their legs a little bit and just like can't contain their joy and that's usually how i view it when i see people like a little bit more excited to see something like it means a little bit more than just watching a movie to people, and that's 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 one example. But like that's how I kind of monitor it is the the enjoyment people are getting out of things more than anything else. Um, but again, uh, society wise, yeah, it it definitely feels very much like a, a to me like a little white kid, like a that Ricky Rich movie or whatever that was, <laughs> where he goes up to yes. the mountain. Yeah, that's that's what I'm t- picturing right there. I also like. I wanted to add that, like, it's, there's a, there's people who identify and then those who don't, and it's, and today it's like, 
like some people are more readily like younger generations usually are more readily to identify to it yes. but i have friends who are like very into lord of the i have a friend who's super into lord of the rings and she doesn't think she's a nerd and i'm like by my definition you would be but yeah. she doesn't identify as a nerd because she like floats in that middle bit that we probably has those standards that are different from my own but follows in the society definition i mean it's certainly a survival technique is to shake that label off you and you learn that from a young age to keep that thing away from you for as long as possible yeah, yeah mm -hmm. that's and I mean, like, I get the not wanting to identify as a nerd from, like, some standpoints, because at least when I was growing up, um, nerd was a strictly negative thing. Like, if someone called you a nerd, that was, like, that was an insult. And I grew up, I clearly was a nerd when I was a kid, but I didn't want people to call me a nerd, even though in every way, at least the way I define it, I was a nerd, because that was used to make fun of or to demean someone by calling them a nerd. And so when I think nerd like the image that comes to mind are kind of like joel would say like the people who are like super passionate about like these like movies or cartoons comics someone who's like super passionate about it is like kind of like me being like the first in line for the next avengers or whatever it may be but that type of image that comes to mind is like when society says it or what you think it is kind of the big bang theory type person or like you know um middle upper class white guy who has the time to you know invest in these things the type of person who would spend eight hundred dollars on the new lego millennium falcon that one hit home that that one felt personal but yeah this is a person who like goes out of their way to collect things or to have the their nerd stuff all over their walls maybe <laughs> that kind of is the image that i have for it but in society yeah but more of that thing. So I guess, I guess we all kind of have the same idea when it comes to what a nerd is. Yeah, it's kind of like, yeah, we have two definitions. We have yeah. the one that's personal, and then we have the one society throws upon us. So it, it's that same, like society is that same type of nerd. You you will see it every single TV show. It's like, oh, we have that nerdy friend. It's that weird guy with like the thick glasses who likes Star Wars too much. So what? is nerd culture then like the whole culture of being a nerd and then how do you think it impacts society this this is something i was kind of excited to talk about because uh to me personally i grew up with like a lot of or to me personally not even growing up like literally in the past i could go in the past four days if i wanted to but in like the past year nerd culture has like helped me it has supported me it is got me through a day that I would have otherwise written off. It has got me through a day where I'm, like, very excited but don't really have anything to put that excitement into. If I'm, like, trapped at home or something like that, that's a bad thing. I'm very safe at home. Um, but, uh, yeah, like, um, that's, that's kind of how I see it impacting me. But if I start, like, to think back through when nerd culture kind of made it big enough to impact society, I'm seeing it, uh in the, the Rick and Morty demanding Sesswan sauce kind of <laughs> yes. moment of, like, outbursts and rage kind of over something very mediocre. Going into more technical lands, because I'm going to give you uh, a little more of a science, oh, Jesus Christ, this fucking nerd science, over here. <laughs> science perspective. Um, let's talk from an anthropological perspective for a moment on what culture is. Thank you. 
because I think a lot of people think culture and don't understand what that really means and like how it plays into everything we do. And so basically from an anthropological perspective and just in general, culture can be one of two things. Culture can be arts and culture. So like fine culture, like music, but culture also has a second meaning that really means more, which is that it's shared, sorry, shared patterns and behaviors and interactions. It's the cognitive constructs and understanding that we learn through our lives. And so basically it's everything that makes society run. So from norms to the things we're like intaking to how you learn and how your brain works. So it's, it's it like, that sounds vague and it is, but it's got like fuzzy boundaries and it's, that's why we can debate for ages. Like what is in nerd culture and what isn't, but that's not really the point. The point is that if it's being consumed by nerds, then it is nerd culture. So everything we consume from the movies to the books, that is nerd culture. But also the stuff we're like reproducing online, the Reddit posts, the Twitter, the Twitter and the Twitch, um, like all this stuff that we're like creating more and like how we talk to each other online and how we use memes. That's all part of nerd culture, too. And that can be good and bad and yes um it just generally means that when you have this vague definition of what culture is people can get defensive about it um and it can be a wonderful thing that brings people together but at the same time it uh can also pull people apart and exclude others so yeah, that's just generally like what culture is and for nerd culture it's it's just everything. It's yeah, it's it's all that stuff and I think it has a greater impact in society now because of the internet and that role that the internet has played in like disseminating it across the globe. But um yeah, it can go either way on whether what what its impact is. So based off that definition of kind of what I wanted to pull from that, nerd culture is pretty much any like any shared idea of quote unquote nerdism. So from sci-fi to fantasy, the manga, the the mangas, the comics, the web comics, all of the things that we share online, the video games, um, Twitch streams, um, Reddit posts, memes, all of that is all a part of nerd culture, correct? Yeah. So, yeah, and it, like, you could get into subcultures, but in general, I would consider nerd culture to be a lot of what the internet is and is made up of predominantly, which means that its reach is vast and much bigger than what most people think it is. Um, yeah, but it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's a pretty wide ranging definition that is defined by experts, but doesn't really need to be fully realized we don't need to know where its edges start and stop yeah because it, it is far reaching and then we'll have some types of people like the gatekeepers like the people who want to put a 
like single cap definition on what defines their culture. Oh, this isn't a nerd thing because it's not what I think their culture is, but it really is very vast spanning the idea of yeah. nerd nerdism, nerd culture. Personally, with all of that, like I think I think nerd culture can be a very positive thing. I think that it does can impact society in a very positive way. Like personally with me recently I have found like a group of nerds that like we read manga together and we talk about anime and stuff and share Instagram posts of Gundams and all that stuff and that's kind of been one of the things being able to share the nerd things that I like with other people and then get like the same type of feedback from those people and it's always been positive to have friends that I can count on to understand the type of weird things that I like, but also be able to share it with other people. And I think in that sense, nerd culture can be very positive, but I do also yeah. think there can be an extremely negative impact for the people who want to put a singular definition on it and also cut people out who don't have the same opinions or the same likes as they do. And so you'll get a little bit of the gatekeeping and like get people who who will put it into this weird funnel and like this is what nerd culture is and nothing else can be a part of it and that's the very negative view of it. And I know there's a lot other negative ways in it, but that that's one of them. Going back, like my experience, at, I've had probably one of the better experiences in nerd culture generally because I did keep my nerd nerddom down and hidden for a long period of time. Um, but yeah, I was one of those early people who was on a forum for manga and was a moderator and introduced my father to manga and <laughs> nerdy things and just like that giving back of something that makes you feel wonderful and makes you feel um, included in a way that you would never know. And like just like talking how I met Joel, like we wouldn't have probably become friends in the environment we were in if not for our nerdy nerdy culture. Oh yeah, we would have been mortal enemies. <laughs> yes. I saw Any you and I hated you. <laughs> yeah. Um and it's yeah, it's nerdum brings us together and it's like an aspect of my life because I realize like I fit into many different categories and often they don't overlap in many cases, but just like rediscovering my nerd um the past couple of years has been wonderful and an aspect that in my life i like want to keep as strong as fresh as possible and i guess along the lines of that is like for me i was also another person never i never televised how nerdy i get like i never ever talk about anime or manga with another person because a lot of people think it's weird. A lot of people don't understand and will lump you into like a certain category if you say, "Oh yeah, because I read a lot of anime." Because everybody reads tentacle porn. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that when is... people think anime, a lot of people think hentai or think like the really gross ones with giant boobs flying across the screen. But it's just like that's not all anime, and so I keep my mouth shut when it comes to that. And so the good part of your culture is finding like that group of friends I was talking about that we read manga together and like share stuff back and forth is finding people who understand that anime isn't all tentacles and boobs and being able to talk to them. And that was the positive light because I don't talk about it. I, I think that's very similar to like, even now as nerd culture is getting uh, more popularized and you can kind of like, if you have some sort of charisma, you can kind of pass through and be like a, an open nerd 
uh, I think that is still like a boundary of being like, as you've got to very much be careful about being an open nerd that gets lumped in with like a sexual pervert. Like that, those those two are still very much continue. Like going back to like Revenge of the Nerd days, where it's like desperate for sex and things like that. Like those things still underplay like a weird sexist and predatory element of nerddom you can see it in like the incel culture and things like that is still very uh worrying and i think that's like i can openly talk about nerdy things pretty frequently with a lot of people because i can kind of like brush it away as like a silly thing that i do in my spare time whereas i've got to be careful mentioning anything uh especially with like gender issues if i start mentioning anything with gender mixed into it that immediately gets paired with sexuality and then all of a sudden i'm a weird pervert and that's like (laughs) that's something that i think is a very prominent like that's not prominent it's in the subconscious of everyone's mind when they talk about nerd is this sexism and sexuality to it that is kind of uh what's a word corrupting it or something might be yeah too dramatic but no i and i agree that like there is that so the wastelands of the internet the freedom of the internet and what nerd culture like nerd culture was a very free to say whatever you want place up until recently and i think that can lead to this this issue both from being a guy within that and as a woman being in that being for me it's hard to find groups because I have to worry about being vetting the people who I'm speaking with and um yeah it's it's uh it's like a a a double-edged sword on that front where it's if you're not both genders are having issues with maintaining this and potentially part of that's because the internet was too free a place we haven't even talked about how terrible gamers can be <laughs> yeah oh my gosh oh, yeah. that, that, that'll that be another definitely day be a topic. yeah because <laughs> yeah. like i realized we're talking about all these positive things and they like oh yeah no um so there are some parts of neuroculture that are extremely terrible if you are not a um, white cisgender man gaming um yeah and like the treatment that that i guess that will be the negative the treatment of women in gaming specifically is horrible like even yeah. like female developers female players yes. whatever like some guys could be really some nerdy dudes can be terrible yeah and it's only nerdy dudes who can be bad that's we, we gotta get that clear all other guys are great people and don't have yeah. any issues. Ah. <laughs> and like, nah. And that's the thing. It's like when we talk about the bad things, we're not saying, "Oh yeah, every gamer is a terrible person." No, like we we're not gonna ever have to continually define that. Like there are terrible things, and we will talk about those terrible things. It's a weird thing because gamers are the the bad kind of gamers that you're talking about uh, are frequently attacking other gamers like the the other kind of gamer like that's it's a weird generalization because to say gamers are mean it usually means gamers are mean to gamers like it's this weird cycle that is hard to use generalizations around 
And while the, I think the biggest problem is, is that there's trends and a lot of people fail to recognize trends. And a lot of these things that we're using are predominant patterns that happen frequently. And so when we say these things, it's because they're happening frequently rather than by saying that you, the response isn't not all blah, because it's we're saying this for a presentation of like a, a statistically almost statistically significant thing that's occurring it's happening on a regular basis so no we're not saying all but it's enough that we need to say something and i think i think a generalization should be important there because it is we're not saying all but we should be saying this is the responsibility of all gamers Yes, like yes, that's yes. that's more important than who's to blame for it the the specific group who are causing this who should take credit for it and start fixing it is everyone involved yeah. yes it, yeah that's the that's the key is that i want to if nerds get blamed for this i shouldn't be like well you've done this it should be like i want to make nerd them a place where that doesn't happen because i identify as this and i don't want that to be a thing so. And shouldn't it be uh, if someone says, "Oh, this is a terrible thing that happens in nerd culture," it's like, "Oh, well, I'm not that person." You shouldn't say that. It should be like, "Okay, well, how can I help change it?" Is a yeah, way yeah. of looking at that. Yeah. I, I'm sorry, I got us a little off the rails on no, that. Yeah, it's what that's what happens in any podcast if anyone says the word gamers. <laughs> it just oh goes off the rails. Yeah, I, yeah. Which we will be talking about this in more depth. Yes, yes, yeah, we will definitely get to gamers. Don't worry about that. So I guess we kind of hit upon this a little bit, but what does nerd culture look like today? I think it's really that double side thing that we said. It's a it's both an accepting place where anybody who is an outcast can find a home, but at the same time, it's filled with people who are perpetuating that same cycle of wanting to... Um, exclude people who aren't like them yeah it's to me a constant battle between the people who are being welcoming and like wanting to spread nerd culture and like wanting to share the nerdy things with the world and then the people who are pulling back and saying no it should be this and it gets better every day but there are still problems so i think a really good presentation of that is in in Northern Ireland, we don't exactly have very many comic book shops. I think I can tell you maybe like two in the entire country. Um, so in one of those things, like they have a big wall that is just like, oh, these are the comic books that are, you know, have been recently made into films. So you'll get your like Deadpool and it'll be based on the Deadpool 2 story arcs and things like that. And it'll be a lot of, like, Avengers and Infinity War, things about the Infinity Stones. But I swear to God, the look everyone gets when someone goes over and picks up one of those comic books from the more popular version and not something niche and indie in that store is, like, it is both saying, like, hey, we're taking credit for this massive, massive uh, wave of new culture hitting uh, the entire planet. And then also being like, but if you want to enter it, like screw you you don't get to do that anymore you don't get to use that as a way in like it is very very based on that gatekeeping there is that that very much a line in the sand there 
Yeah. yeah. Which drives me insane because it's like, how are you supposed to get into something if no one's going? Like, if you, you need a place to start. Not everybody's going to be reading, like, Amazing Spider-Man issue 422. Like, you need a place to start. And a lot of it, because these movies are so popular, is that's your place to start. And then finding, like, looking at these characters. Oh, you haven't heard of this character before? It's like, yeah, but I'm interested in it, so I should be able to start somewhere. Sorry, and, just, yeah. uh, well, just out of curiosity there, Leah, you said that it was your dad and, like, promoted reading is one thing that got you into nerd culture. I had my brother in video games. And Jordan, did you say what actually started? Um, actually, it's a mixture of a lot. Like, it was a lot of my mom. Like, she was also into, like, sitting down and watching the Saturday morning cartoons with us. Um, We watched a lot of, like, the Japanese sword and martial art movies together with my mom. And then my brother, like was really into video games when we always play video games he would destroy me at every single multiplayer but that's a different story and a lot of just just i guess between my mom and then between my brother promoting those things like playing games with my brother watching these movies with my mom like when it came to like later in life like me and my mom went and saw every single harry potter movie in theaters together we also saw most of the um marvel superhero movies together and so i guess the it was a lot of mom, a lot of brother. I just, it's just a very different culture when you're thinking about that, just bringing up Harry Potter, of how, like, Harry Potter is how so many people of our generation got into fantasy. And, yeah. like, it, while you may have some people being like, oh, you don't read it, you have, you started on Harry Potter, no one's going to judge you for that because it's like we all read it everyone read it. it if you didn't read it and couldn't name your house then that was an issue but like i feel like it's that weird thing where it was one of those ones where even though it was literally the most popular book on the planet it's not it you weren't judged for liking it you're not the nerd culture didn't wasn't repulsed by that being your starting point and yeah, that's a that's a weird contradiction in that that unlike comics, it's it's a massive piece of thing that was allowed. Comics can get crazy because like there's so many characters, especially in Marvel, there's so many different characters that like some characters have been like Captain America and other things. And like I remember getting gate kept or getting like someone mad at me because I didn't know who the third Venom was, and I'm like, why does it matter? <laughs> it's like I like Venom. Do I have to know every single Venom to like Venom? I also yeah. want to point out, Leah, you're talking about comparing Harry Potter to comic books, and I think, like, the key difference to why one is slightly more welcoming than the other is testosterone levels. Like, if you look at the, the abs on the people in comic book movies compared to the abs on the people in the Harry Potter movies, I mean, Hagrid was up there, but yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, basically, is it's what I said. It's like, it was slightly more... And again, praising Harry Potter for its diversity is a bit controversial with J.K. Rowling's uh, recent <laughs> Twitter cards. feed. Um, but it, it is more diverse, I believe, when in comparison to, I guess, the comic book movies when they started. Yes. And yeah, so I, I feel and it's more testosterone level more than anything, I think would be like it kind of promotes that gatekeeping is this kind of masculine defense mechanism and that is very true and i just like going back to that whole like getting into the popular side thing like 
My Start to Manga was the number one shoujo manga ever, which was Fruits Baskets. And it's like, (laughs) my God, the number of people who would judge me for that today, like, that would be, yeah, that would be a point of judgment. And I'm like, why, though? It's pretty decently written for the age group it's written for. Like, yeah, so it's, it's that... It's a weird contradiction that we end up with today. I will still claim that Naruto is a great anime. and really oh legitimate anime. Just going to say, Naruto's no. fantastic. All, all no. what, 700 episodes of it. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> no. <laughs> Going on. Let's <laughs> not talk about Naruto. But yeah, so I think we got a good foothold on what nerd culture is. And we kind of talked of where we think it's headed and where the good, the positives. We will definitely be hitting on that a lot more moving forward. But I guess the second half of this podcast and episode is talking about what is cultural diversity and multiculturalism? So I wanted to start out with the, I guess, stock standard definitions of what diversity are. So from Merriam-Webster, the condition of having or being composed of differing elements, the inclusion of different types of people, such as people of different races or cultures. And then from Google, the existence of a variety of cultural or ethnic groups within a society. Um, Cambridge, okay, is the fact of many different types of things or people being included in something, a range of different things or people. And then uh, multiculturalism, a system of beliefs or behaviors that recognizes and respects the presence of all diverse groups in an organization or society. It's really the belief that different cultures within a society should be given importance. And so what do you guys think of those definitions of what diversity are? Do you think that pretty much covers it or... Yeah, I think so. I think that the Google definition of diversity is probably the better one. The existence of a variety of cultural ethnic groups within a society is more what I associate with it. And mm-hmm. yeah, the multiculturalism belief that different cultures within a society should be given importance. I think I both think, of those are what I would go to. Uh, I want to point out the line in the Merriam-Webster definition that is composed of differing elements. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like that is a dehumanizing but i feel like uh that in like a writer's room kind of thing is like reducing i guess this is a very capitalist outlook on diversity but reducing diversity to you know what you can literally bring to the table and what you can uh i guess like what makes diversity marketable is mentioned in this with like the composed of differing elements factor is like um, yeah, I don't want to sound like I'm promoting the capitalism thing, but it is also a thing that gets talked a lot about in diversity is like, oh, why not just hire the best writer and so on and so on. And that's very much used to say, like, why not just hire all white writers? Like anytime there's an all white team and it gets brought up, everyone's like, oh, well, they just picked the best writer for a job and they just so happen to be all white males. Um, but I feel like it should very much be considered that like, yeah, the differing element factor, like, should be considered as like a skill in its own you grew up somewhere else you grew up you learned a whole new system like it should be as much as your education um your like diverse background and i think that's important to note to some degree i don't know whether that's a meritocracy based thing which i'm kind of against so but yeah i 
I think that in some ways that definition and some definitions of diversity is kind of like uh, the differing definitions between accuracy and precision, Mm -hmm. where just saying having those diverse groups isn't isn't the answer. It's also having the multiculturalism background where it actually is like a combination of different beliefs and including those. So you could say something's diverse, which it may technically be diverse, but doesn't mean that you've solved the issue. It may be diverse, but it may be diverse of one gender or diverse of uh, one um, socioeconomic group. Like it, so diversity is just one factor, I think of many. Yeah. And that's something important to remember. Yes, that's, that is, I, I like looking at this at the moment, like the comparison, just the line drawn between diversity and uh, multiculturalism is very much important to be recognized. And I think like from here going on, like literally in this moment, hey, I'm learning. I'm going to start using multiculturalism a lot more than the word diversity because my parents screw their nose up at the thought of things getting me diverse for no reason. But they could probably be convinced that things should be more multicultural. Like they would be welcome to that idea. Whereas forced diversity seems to them like a, a weird thing but promoted multiculturalism is something completely different that is much more respectable so along that lines like at least i gotta want to get in like with the thought of cultural diversity multicultural like what does diversity look like in like where you're from or where you guys live or have i guess in your individual area right now like what does it look like in your country um i guess i'll start with this i think we lee and i talked about this before i guess you could say it's for me, it's almost segregated, whereas, like, everybody keeps, every culture kind of keeps to themselves in their own little separate areas for me. Like, at least in my area, it's, I live Midwest. It's very white, and it's, you will see other cultures, but not as often, and be, and that's because they do keep to their own area. So it is segregated, but it's not like the four segregators like, oh, hey, you people have to live here. You people, but just everybody kind of moved off on their own. Yeah, but unfortunately, that's why it is kind of four segregated because it's based on redlining, yeah. which yep. I recommend everybody look up on their own. But it's basically the idea that um government and capitalistic institutions systematically refuse loans for houses to people of other minorities in neighborhoods and there's so much evidence of that so it was it is kind of for segregation based on economic status and and minorities and especially i guess even going into like where i work and where i've gone to school it was very white with me being one of very few minorities like when i went to school like there was the joke that they had on um online it's like oh yeah you could like almost always <laughs> point out the one black person because you know there's so many white people it's like you stick out like a sore thumb i so, so i guess in my areas i've always grown up where it's like i am the minority for that area and that's kind of what it looks that's what diversity looks like in my area <laughs> not good um current Currently, I'm living in the UK um, and pretty, it's, 
more I'm living in an area that's more diverse because it's got some university elements to it but in some ways it's much less diverse than where I was living in before in Canada in a major city where one known for one of its the most diverse populations in North America um but generally I find where I'm living now is diverse yet the same. And so everybody looks the same, not in the sense of skin color, but just in appearance and structural like similarity versus when I was living in Toronto, where you could be whatever you wanted. (laughs) So I very much have a lot of similar experiences to uh, both of you, not in the being the uh, diverse segment but growing up in Northern Ireland I went to a school with like over a thousand people and maybe like three people were non-white maybe four like it was it was a very very minor percentage and that is my country as a whole is pretty well represented by that in the major city where it is uh university based um that it gets a lot more diverse but as Leah said it is very much based on uh it is more diverse but it's not multicultural there we go we're using it um Mm -hmm. uh, like you can see everyone is very much dressed the same as like het white students like uh, cis het white students it is very much um there is a uniform there kind of thing i just learned a new term in my courses that i need to tell you guys which is what we're talking about it's called weird. Western, educated, industrialized, rich, and democratic. <laughs> that's pretty. That's yeah, pretty. That's, that's basically what makes up 95% of universities in the Western world. Even if you're not the Western part of it, you generally fall under every single other one of those categories. Yeah, so. I definitely feel very strongly that that is an important phrase that should be like, yeah, because again, it is the same as diversity versus multiculturalism. It's like, yeah, I, I I went and spent time in Toronto in Canada and seeing the multiculturalism of like, oh yeah, I could take I could take a walk around my neighborhood and see like a more diverse range than I have ever seen in like my the previous like eighteen years of my growing up in this country. Like, in that I would see more skin colors, more uh, hear more languages, as well as just like. He, like seeing different styles of dressing and everything like it, it was fascinating different shops selling different things it it is it was an incredible area to be in and in comparison to you know the diversity that you see around university areas and things like that are it, it's it's a it, it's a peel comparison for sure yeah i i grew up midwest very <laughs> very very white areas very I guess most of the areas were middle class. I mean, you can confirm or deny that you grew up same area. Yeah, so, yeah. We were we were middle class. Very, very, yeah, very middle class. So it was very one note. I didn't get too like even going to college. I didn't get too much like difference in that because I went to college in a um, another very small town, a private school actually, where it was again very white, very middle class. Um, in engineering, I was one of a handful of minority engineers. 
because it was very white male. But yeah, it's just so there wasn't so growing up there wasn't much diversity, and I guess this did affect me because like, um, especially when it came for representations and things like that, I didn't have too many role models or too many things um, to look up to that looked like me. Not many black heroes, and so as far as diversity in nerd culture, again, I grew up with most of my heroes and most of the like thing nerdy things I like being white. So growing up that way I always thought like to be a hero or to be like popular or whatever it may be, you need it to be white. And so that's I guess why I think that diversity is important and then diversity in nerd culture is important to give kind of a representation or kind of a role model for minorities because if you have it all be one note, you're not really representing or kind of talking to the entire audience. You're only talking to a certain group of people, if that makes any sense. It does. Yeah, yeah it makes a lot. Yeah. And if we're talking about, like, why cultural diversity is necessary in nerd culture, I generally like to think from a learning perspective. So if we're teaching kids, if kids are take in, um, taking... And partaking of nerd culture how what will they learn from it and in reality we want them to see what the world is actually like the diversity of people diversity of types of people and like normalize that and normalize how you treat another human no matter what they look like how yeah. they talk anything about them and that's why it's important even if you are from a diverse place it's still important in the culture that partaking when you think about people who aren't from those diverse places, generally it's, it's a good helpful uh, expression to think about children who don't have the same advantages as you yeah. are from a small town. What do you want them to be seeing? Yeah. And so along the lines of what I was saying before and what Leo was saying, I was like, I grew up like very white areas. And so from the only perspective that the other white kids had about black people was what they got from TV, specifically BET and other shows portraying black people in pretty much a stereotypical way. So when I went to my middle school, I was expected to be really good at basketball. I was expected to be able to rap, be really into rap music. I was expected to fit this mold of what they had seen on TV of a black guy being. And... I don't know if you've noticed when I talked about anime and like a comics, I definitely didn't fit that. And so they were very <laughs> disappointed and I got made fun of for not fitting that. So I think it is good to have these kind of representation, other representations of minorities that aren't just the stereotypes. Like when Black Panther came out, I was quite amazed because they showed Africa in a way where it's not, oh, look at those savages, but they showed like a really well-developed black superhero. And I think we need more of that because we can't just grow up with, oh, black people are basketball playing rappers. I think the question of like, is multicultural and diversity necessary is a very odd question that is like it's come up it's it's the question kind of like on a lot of uh people's lips at the moment when they 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 any kind of controversy regarding diversity comes up people are like oh how necessary is it and i think that is frankly a very ridiculous question because like it can go back to like what i learned in like 
early stages of biology of like how seeds are dispersed in like plants and things and they have multiple ways to disperse seeds so that they can survive under any situation it can be down to like uh there was a study shown of like engineers who grew up keeping uh their ketchup in the fridge versus keeping their ketchup outside of the fridge had different ways of problem solving and it's like yeah every little thing in our environment in our growing up changes how we think and we need as like as many minds thinking in as many looking in as many directions thinking in as many unique ways to kind of just survive on this planet anymore like it is hugely important that we have as much diversity and we want to be promoting that as much as physically possible in any kind of way we can and i think it's ridiculous to ask why we need it it's like saying like oh why do we need to you know branch out and meet new people can't we just live weird hobbit incestual lives where we grow until we like uh like become the targaryens kind of thing like no we need diversity we need we need to be able to branch out it's so blatantly obvious that we should be looking outwards all the time instead of just like flattening down the hatches and locking ourselves in the only yeah. way we get out of this this entire planet alive is, I is think, with each other i think we or you just made me think of i'm like we're we've kind of forgot that most of western ideas have been stolen or ransacked from other cultures oh yeah since the beginning of time yep. yeah hey colonizers woo um and so we we kind of forget that and it's like you're questioning why well we've been kind of doing that but stealing them since time began let's just say it like it is so why don't we just give credit now british nationalists are very pro-britain and the greatness and glory of britain but like they they will praise the days when we had a massive empire but not recognize the reason we got such a massive empire was because every time we took somewhere over we stole everything from them and used that to be more diverse and then that was how we succeeded and again mm -hmm. not promoting diversity to create empires i think we should use it now to be nice instead of like exactly. being yeah. weird colonizing empires yeah like mm -hmm. it is it is very weird how quickly history gets whitewashed and how a lot of smart, logical people. My friend's dad is this incredible leftist uh, figure who is it's a it's like finding a unicorn in this country to find like a older leftist figure. Um, but he still grew up and went into a job teaching history, and all the history he teaches is incredibly whitewashed and incredibly uh, patriotic to Britain and things in this weird, corrupting way. And he still sees it as fact, like without ever being able to see, like, oh, hidden history was written by the victors kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Very true. We rewrite it as it goes along. Yep. That's what we're doing now. We're trying to bring awareness. To um, start the conversation, yeah. so then this conversation will be started with other people. That's that's the reason this podcast is going to... The, the, yeah. The reason this podcast exists. Ah. There we go. Yeah. Um, as far as culture, diversity, and nerd culture, where do you guys think it is today? Um, it's, it's got a long ways to go. Oh, most but definitely. It's definitely gotten a lot it's, better. It's gotten better. And, like, I'm generally one of those people 
who will can appreciate something even if it's problematic but still recognize the fact that I it needs to improve so I there has been a shift through time of including currently in our current stage to including more diversity in um, particularly movies and video games finally and some in books um, it's harder to talk about books but we will at some point but um, I think the thing that still needs to work the most is manga and mm-hmm. uh, like web comics but it's doing better it's doing better it's but I generally I I think it all it's it's a complicated mess and yeah it's it's doing better than it was five years ago yeah a lot better um like like I said with growing up till now like there were very few like african-american superheroes but now like when I was growing up, I never thought the movie Black Panther would be possible or it would have gotten as much attention as it did or money that it did. And so, like, yeah, I do think things have gotten a lot better. Like Leah said, there are a lot of issues when it comes to anime and manga. Um, Naruto, yeah. I'm looking at Sorry, you, just... the only like, main black character in Naruto was a rapping black dude. We don't have to talk about it. <laughs> um, Side note, um, I googled uh, the characters in My Hero Academia, and I'm just looking at a extremely monotone, yeah, <laughs> big collection. I mean, the only black person that could technically be black is literally black because they're a bird of night. Like, that's... Everyone else is very, very one color. Oh, there's a pink girl as well. That's that's what hey, we're going for there. We're getting, my, we're getting representation yeah. for pink people. But, yeah, <laughs> it's... It's a it's a it's a work in progress and I think that's what we have to remember is that like you should still be critical of everything you're in taking and but you can still enjoy it. That's okay. Huh. That's okay. Yeah. Don't forget to enjoy yeah. but also be like mm, I would be cautious promoting that line of thinking because uh you can like yeah you can enjoy things but I also feel like there is so much content out there that you can just choose to enjoy more multicultural things than, like, yeah, there, there's always another option is what I kind of promote in that regard of, like, oh, are you really so attached to this one TV show that you won't give this multicultural version a, a, a go? Like, there is countless options out there in that regard. Yes. I, I also don't that think is... you should punish yourself for watching something that you've retroactively found out is yeah problematic but you know keep everything in mind yeah i think i was going more for what you were saying is yeah. that the, like if if the shows you loved as a kid and you still find yeah. nostalgic are don't don't kill yourself for that but also be critical of what you're in, in taking now and definitely think it's getting a lot better especially with video games are getting a lot better overwatch with the sheer amount of diversity but it does have its problem um and yeah no i i think it's getting a lot better we're on a better road but again everything you can still do more it's and it's always like we have to be mindful of that you can always take a step back yeah. um we used to have 
a huge in the 90s there was a huge uptake in tv shows that were nerdy tv shows with strong female leads and just strong female leads in general on tv and then early 2000s we literally regressed there was a trend towards no tv shows with female leads and so now we're finally starting to get that back but it is a like distinct trend that happened so (laughs) it's just important to remember that we always need to be working towards something better. Yes, definitely. Well, I personally think that's a good wrap on the conversation for this episode. Right. Yeah, I'm I'm settled with that. Yeah, I'm satisfied with that. So, how we're going to close this out for every week is just mention something that we've been reading, watching, playing, whatever that we thought was particularly good and want to share. Um, I'll go first and just sh- share something I've been reading, watching, doing. Um, I've been really getting back into reading a lot of manga again. So I started recently the manga, it's a little bit older, Claymore, um, where it's pretty much these half-monster humans are going and like fight, fighting the monsters and saving towns from monsters, and then all the things that go with that. But it's a very strong... Um, female, like strong female lead, and all of the main characters are female, which is really cool. And they're never portrayed in a way that's over sexualized their proportions are never like hey look at these flopping boobs it's never like that and they're portrayed as being strong and just powerful badass women with giant claymore swords killing monsters which is really awesome and i appreciate it as far as diversity for skin color goes not so much because everybody is white with blonde hair but you know Strong women characters, and I, I've just been really, really, really enjoying it. It's really cool. The monster designs are awesome. The fight scenes are amazing, and just a lot of really strong women, in it, and I always appreciate that. So that's mine. Um, I, I can go next. Yes, I have an old, well, not an oldie. It's, it's one that I've been obsessed with for about a year now. Um, it's a manga. Or actually, it's a webtoon, technically. Uh, called Here You Are yeah. by Di Jun, who is a Chinese author. Um, so it's basically um, a story set at a Chinese university where an openly gay um, upper year student and his like relationship with a new student who is not um gay and has really has no assigned sexuality at the beginning and thus starts questioning his sexuality and their relationship um and how it develops and it's probably one of the best representations of a relationship in general not specifically lgbt plus even though it's awesome that it is it's probably one of the best relationship um progressions in a story i've seen thus far and it's very realistic it's very unique the characters are wonderful um it doesn't follow really like the tropes that abound in those types of genres um it also just like like the guy who's openly gay like stands up to the people who bully him and is like on the aggression and he's like a small guy and so it's it's a really wonderful story with really good characters complex emotions like highly recommend it because yeah it's it's just really it's really good it's really good 
I read a little bit of it. I need to get back to it because I did enjoy what I read. But yeah, it's really good. Okay. Yeah, on my account, I have uh, something a lot more mainstream at the moment. I have been playing The Outer Worlds recently and just got started into it. So I'm not going to go all out and praise it very, very highly for its diversity. But I mean, so far, uh, your first companion is a non-white female, which I am delighted to have. Um, And then I also got to character customize myself as a... Uh, female with stubble which as a trans person I am very much relating to and uh, it it looks good as well like it's not like a joke it's not pulled off as like a kind of like oh we added this in we might as well throw it in for women too it it's pretty it's pretty good and well done so I am kind of delighted to be playing as literally who I'm going about the streets as today for the first time in a video game like I I and not that this is the first game that has done it. It's the first game that has sunk up with me realizing these things as well. So it has been pretty charming, and I've been very much enjoying that element of it. And I think that's that's my praise. I will stop there in case it turns out that there is a very problematic scene halfway through this game. <laughs> so I will zip my lips on that account. But so far, I am optimistic. Cool. Nice. Well, I hope somebody can check out our suggestions. <laughs> And might find some use from it. Okay. So, yeah, if you have any suggestions for things that you will want us to read, or if you want to ask for any questions, ask any questions of us, or have any suggestions for the show, you can email us at sidecharacterspod at gmail.com. That email will be in the podcast description. Um, is there anything else before we close out, guys? Also, any sources that we have from episode to episode, you will definitely be able to find in the podcast description as well. So, yeah, two things will be the email and any sources. And, yeah, I think we had a good talk. Next time, we will be covering gatekeeping, which will be fun. And so that's been the Side Characters Podcast, and we shall catch you guys later. Bye. Bye. Bye.